good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cup, Henny Cup again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're absolutely right, Dana. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Hey, it's Monday, and it's a great way to kick off with uh, Dr. Stately here. Dr. Stately is president and CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis. And uh, we're always uh, fun and happy to reach out with uh, Dr. Stately. And uh, I just got to tell you, Dr. Stately, I I want that T-shirt. I don't know what got over me, but it looks like you got a good one again. Oh, welcome. I think this is – oh, thank you, Miigwech. Um, I think this is our 20th anniversary shirt. I'm not sure. Anyway, we added a couple t-shirts. We had our traditional healing conference a couple weeks ago. We gave out t-shirts to the folks that came to that conference as well. <clears throat> and then I think we also, this we have a 20th anniversary shirt. I think that's maybe this one. Right on. Congratulations I again. I can't remember. Congratulations again on 20 years. That's so important. And so important uh, to be in the community as you are and, you know, not only you, I see you're all around, but I see the people that work for you that are in the community and really are in the community. And that says a lot about um, the people that you have working there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot. We, over the last several years since I stepped into the executive leadership role, I really have tried hard to, um, you know, um, one of the things the board hired me to do five, six years ago. Oh, it's been actually longer than I'll be out. It'll be seven years. And it's been seven years in um, December that I've been here. Wow. But um, uh, one of the things they asked me to do is like to, you know, do to, you know, kind of, you know, drive community engagement, get out and do more community outreach and community engagement and broader partnerships and our relationships. And I think, you know, <clears throat> as a result of that, we've been, you know, recruiting and bringing more people in from the community. Big part of our mission is to reduce the health disparities in the community. And there's all kinds of different ways in which you do that. Like you can't do it solely just by seeing the same people come through the same, through the door every single day. So you have to have a multi-pronged strategy. And um, that includes things like, you know, hiring and creating pathways for people from within the community that you serve to actually step into, you know, um, you know, entry-level positions and other positions in healthcare, you know, give them an opportunity to get on a pathway to build a career that's going to give them a livable wage. Um, You know, we can help our community um, become healthier and stronger just by providing opportunities for them to, you know, um, uh, um, uh, gainful employment and, you know, pathways um, out of poverty. That's a really, you know, that's a really important thing. It's, it's like it's one of the driving forces of healthcare and equity, um, of course, in our communities is, um, you know, both the deep, deep poverty in our community and then also um, the houselessness crisis. So NAC is squarely in the center, center of that sort of um, that work and hiring people from the community so that they trust us and engage with us and having our people out there, you know, like, you know, like I went to a service this weekend Um um, on Saturday, and a lot of our community members were there, and a lot of our community, and a lot of our staff were there. Um, I'll go to another funeral in a couple of days because one of our patients passed away, um, and you know, um, and those are ways we show up for each other. You know, our our foundational value is you know to show up and be a good relative in our community, and you know, what you know we try to do what we would do for any relative, which is show up when you're. You know, show up not just when you're happy, when things are going good and great. Show up also when you need support, when you need um, a shoulder to cry on, somebody to lean on, um, someone to um, grieve with you. And um, 
those are important things to do. Yeah, um, that was an amazing uh, amount of people. Uh, There was over 300 people there this Saturday. And uh, that says a lot uh, to the family and how uh, connected that they are into the community, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, a young man will be going to um, say goodbye to and pray for him and wish him well on his journey. It'd be um, on either tomorrow, I think, or on Wednesday or Thursday, probably. He was a member of our drum group, Nick has a drum group. Um, and, you know, young man, clean sober, um, you know, just, um, I think didn't realize like a, a medical condition might, that they might've had that sort of kind of took his life. So just really sad, sad, sad situation. So <clears throat> I think, um, you know, one of the things I think is really important is like, you know, and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of mystif- mystification still around how he passed, but I think, you know, he was struggling with depression and anxiety and, um, and a few other things. And, you know, it's unclear whether or not, you know, or he might've had some health condition that he wasn't really getting help for. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times, like one of the things I were, worry about with our relatives is like, you know, I know it is, um, it's hard to ask for help. It's especially hard to ask as men. These are two young mm-hmm. men who died in our community, right? That's significant. Right. Hard to ask for help. Hard to voice um, voice when you need assistance. Sometimes as men, we don't. Um, we're not really, you know, taught from a very young age to sort of be um, uh, vulnerable and to ask for help. You know, we're kind mm-hmm. of taught and the messages we might receive in society for sure, but also within our community, maybe also within our family, you know, sort of kind of like buck up, you know, like right. I can't remember how, how many times I heard as a boy, like, you know, don't cry. That's not, you know, that's not something that, you know, uh, the old, right. like how I'll give you something to cry about kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I hear that enough times in your life, you're not going to ask for any help. But I think that part of it is, is like, we do really have to encourage our men to, 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 to speak up and to ask for help and to let us know when they're struggling and when they're challenging and when they're having a hard time. Um, Cause yeah. you know, um, our young warriors, especially we, we need those young men in our lives. They have children, they have work to do. They have, you know, right. they have a responsibility to take over. Like when old guys like you and I are gone. Right. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's hard. You know, I always, I always felt like for myself, uh, if I was vulnerable and started crying, I always had the fear in the back of my head that I would never stop. Isn't that weird? I mean, that I would never stop crying. So yeah. then I would buck up and not cry and, and, or hold it back yeah. or not want to talk about it. I think that's, I think that's a fairly common thing. I mean, I think I felt that way at different times in my life. You know, I think it's an indication of like how things feel like, you know, when you sort of like hold it all in for a period of time, it's right. a little bit like, you know, a volcano, like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to let even just a little bit out because it feels like it might never stop. Right. right. It's an indication of like how much you're holding on to. And just think about like how much um, weight that takes in your life and your, and your daily lived experience to hold mm-hmm. on to that. And I don't think awesome, awesome. Also, when I think, look around our community, I don't see a whole lot of like meaningful programs for men to give them right. the space to be able to talk for that. It's one of the reasons why we started the young, um, we had a young warriors camp about exactly almost one month ago. Um, we held a young warriors camp um, in uh, not too far out um, from the Twin Cities here. We, you know, we rented their camp. We brought in people, um, elders and other folks to talk to them. We gave them space to talk, you know, and to sort of kind of talk about their feelings, their emotional life and things that they were struggling with. And, you know, those men opened up. They said, you know, they also did interviews. So we recorded some of the interviews with them. We're going to use that project i think what we learned from that is that, like men need a place to talk and so we're going to keep doing that over the next several years wow that's excellent i'd love to get involved with that uh that's uh that's uh the part big part of healing for me was being able to talk and uh um yeah. and to move on and to be able to uh know that if yeah. i do cry i won't it won't cry for the next 20 years but i'll cry for a good reason yeah. so yeah we're here. Healing, actually. So. right Exactly. Uh, we're here with Dr. Stately, uh, and we'll be back after this short break. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Please stay with us. 
When we heal from our traumas. When we face our fears. Let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. New at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, Kuma Wood Stoves and Fireplace Inserts, American-made, sturdy and efficient wood heaters. All models qualify for 30% tax credit you can earn for installing efficient and renewable wood heat. Come see the new wood-burning Kuma Stoves and Fireplace Inserts. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has been selling wood-burning products since 1977. Kuma wood burners are hard-working home heaters made from heavy, laser-cut steel. Kuma stoves and fireplace inserts have cast iron doors and large self-cleaning glass windows. You can see the firelight and feel the heat from their efficient fire. One of Woodland's many choices to make fire work for you and your home. Work with the chimney and insulation experts. They not only install, but will guide you if you want to install yourself. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood, gas, and electric units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. Yes, and we're here with Dr. Stately, the CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis, on the Franklin Avenue corridor. And uh, I don't know, we're talking about healing, we're talking about a lot of things here Um after these sudden deaths in our community, it's uh, a thing that we we think about and uh, and talk about a little more than normal. And uh, I appreciate you bringing this up, uh, Doctor Stately. Yeah. Um, well, I was thinking that um, you know, I mean, I even know of a couple of other people who passed away in the last few days, and she I was like, I was thinking about it yesterday evening I was kind of getting ready like you know folding laundry and kind of getting ready to get ready for work and my my work week and stuff like that and I was just thinking god we lost a lot of people in the last couple of weeks um you know and I'm I think one of the things like we were ending the last segment on and we're talking about crying and how like you know as men we're not really told you know encouraged to cry we're told sometimes not to cry we talk about you know how, talk about our fear of crying and like how overwhelming it could be like we don't want to necessarily do that because we feel like we'd never stop and um you know and like think about how much time and we spend avoiding our feelings and avoiding the pain uh, of the grief and things like that that are present in our everyday lives and we don't have to stop to think about like how much of a gift that is to have those emotions and feelings from creator that's a gift right like part of one way of thinking about, you know, grief and the pain that comes from that is just sort of like remember like that that pain that we feel when we lose somebody that we love too early, too soon, um, you know, which is pretty much everybody, right? Like, you know, yeah. you don't ever you don't ever lose somebody right on time or, you know, yeah, too late. Right? You know, it's, it's, the timing is always sort of not good to lose someone that we love and care about. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of it is, is also is to recognize like that's a measure of like how deep we love somebody, how deeply attached we are to them. Um, mm-hmm. How, how much, how, how embedded they are in our everyday life or how embedded they are and who we are as, um, as men. 
um, you know, the investment we've made in those relationships, the gifts that they've given us over the years or the period of time we've gotten to spend with them, you know, mm-hmm. how much it's an opportunity for us to reflect on like the richness and the gifts and the wonder that they brought into our lives and to be appreciative and grateful for that. And that's a hard, that's a hard time. That's, you know, nobody ever gets there overnight. I don't think anybody goes like, Oh, well, I'm, you know, I think it's a natural process. It takes us time to get there, but it's a, it's important that we start on that road. Right. And try to find a way to kind of find the, the beauty in the relationship and, and um, you know, hold on to those memories. Right. Just think of like you know, um, you know, and remember that tears are gifts. Those that those that's that's those are the the creator gave us the ability to cry because water is life, and water replenishes, and water renews us. And like here we are when in our grief, what are we doing? We're like you know, we're crying. The water where you know water is yeah. coming out of us and, and soothing us and helping us to sort of find another way of sort of um resetting and um and replenishing and renewing us even in our pain right so. right yeah you know, some of us or all of us i should say grieve differently you know and mm-hmm. um it's interesting you say you know the longer you grieve the more you love love the person um, those kind of things, uh, you know, we all mm-hmm. grieve. We all are, you know, we all had people leave, leave us and hopefully we'll see them again as we, as we know we will. Um, but it, it, it's interesting, you know, it, it, it's, we're not all in put the round peg in the square hole kind of thing. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I think every a lot of people do grieve different. Everybody has different. Like, even think about it, like from across the um, the entire all of Turtle Island, all the nations had different ways of grieving and saying goodbye to their relatives, right? And right. you know, letting them go and having helping them on that journey back to the Star Nation and you know, walking that walking that path back to Creator. Um, we all had different ways. We sort of like did that and acknowledged that and helped um, and then ways in which we sort of memorialized individuals who were meaningful and important in our lives you know uh, very very a, a, a wide variety of the ways that those things are done I think what's sometimes challenging in our community contemporaneously is that a lot of people struggle um with expressing grief in, right. you know, more sort of positive and healthy ways. They do things like they use alcohol, they might mm-hmm. use substances, other substances like drugs. They might escape, they might dive into work and work harder, spend more time, you know, doing things that are going to distract them from their emotions, but that also pull them away from uh, maybe their own children or other members of their family. You know, they end, they end up, you know, um, moving further away from support rather than towards support. And, you know, I think one of the things I would say is like in moments when we're, when we experience loss and grief, that we try to find a way to, um, you know, um, move towards um, uh, the people who love us and towards the people who we can lean on for support. And I know there's different varyings of varying um, um, degrees of support in people's lives. Like some people don't have anyone, you know, some people don't maybe don't have a family. Right. So they have to lean on family, friends, or other people. Uh, you know, a chosen family, perhaps. So, but you know, it's. I think it's one of the ways in which you know, native community writ large across many of the communities, not all, many of the communities, we have high rates of suicide. We have high rates of you know substance use, high rates of other things that you know prevent us or are are oftentimes like linked to this sort of reluctance to sort of like, you know, open up our emotional life and sort of like, you know, make ourselves vulnerable and say, you know, how, you know, help me, I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. One of the things I try to teach my sons and I tell my sons this and I remind myself of this is like, you know, my sons are Dakota, so I talk to them about, you know, um, I'm not sure, but we might go to Sundance in a couple of weeks, but like, um, you know, you know, like you listen to those songs, those Sundance songs, and all of our other uh, prayer songs in um, Dakota, um, like in the lodge. Like every single one of our songs has the word omakia in it, which is like, you know, 
um, Dakota for help me, right? It's like, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a cry for help. It's a cry for um, engagement, right? We're asking, you know, creator, um, you know, be, be with me. I, I'm, 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 I'm struggling here. Be with me. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, a cry out for connection, right? And so, remember those things those things were you know um, those are gifts that the creator gave us um, when he sent us here as spirits to this planet to be human and and you know we were, we were perfect when we got here we came here as spirits perfect right. little spirits right and we got the spirit thing down we don't really have um, you know our work here is to figure out how to be good relatives to each other right. how to be good human beings to one another and um, and that that is hard, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and people in our families too sometimes struggle. And I like what you kind of said earlier is that you know mm-hmm. I've always believed you have two families: one you've been born with, and one you acquire along the way. Because I feel close mm-hmm. to you, Doctor Stately, and uh, and I mean that sincerely. It's always really good to see you, and you know, and yeah. Uh, yeah. outside of this, and I I don't have that relationship with everyone that's on the show, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I I feel the same way. Like it's always great to see you. I, you know, one of the things I always do with you when I see you in public, and I think we do it with each other, is we, you know, we like rib on each other, and we, you know, you know, you're I'm a, I'm a, you're always trying to remind me of like how you know, um, second class citizens native uh, Ojibwe's are, and, and yeah. you know, I like to remind you, like you know, um, I like to put you in your place, and remind right you, like you know. Well, then you know the the story. The story goes that uh, I talked to my my uh, nani, who's my mother, and she said we're part Ojibwe now. And I went, "What? What? I've been, yeah. I've been clashing." Yeah, but um, uh, Peggy see there Flanagan, now you don't have to be worried about being a social climber. You can just say <laughs> plain that you're Ojibwe. Yeah. That'll be another show. Hey, we got we got like less than a minute left, Doctor Stately. Uh, you know, one thing I was wondering if you know. Um, you're, you're building a new clinic, and I'm wondering, oh, is there places where people can uh, donate, or is that, is there a, oh, I don't yeah. know, yeah, a, not I a GoFundMe, but kind of something like that where people can support your great work in the community and all over here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, anybody can go to our website, which is nacc-healthcare.org. It's right there on the screen right now. Um, but on our main page, you'll see a place where you can click a tab and it can, you know, you can say, um, you know, donate to the clinic. Um, there's also, um, we have a, um, a number of ways in which you donate. Like, and we also have a little thing on there that tells you like, oh, you donate $25. This is what it would pay for. This is what it would reimburse us for. This is what we could do with $25. This is what we could do for $5,000. This is mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And you know what? Um, Anything helps. Like, and if you can't give to us, give to the guy on the street um, who needs a cup of coffee or a cup of water or something like that. Um, give to, you know, be good to each other. That's the best gift you can give to us is just be good to each other and support each other. Check on your relatives. Check on your elders. Um, you know, be kind to one another. Well, Dr. Stately, Peeny Gigi, really, really nice show today, and I really appreciate the. Thank you. Uh, the, the talk I feel really good up next uh, we have uh, Edible Arts with Simone and uh, she's going to be talking about Edible Arts that's going to be a big switch in the show though Dr. Stately oh, wow. yeah well, cute it up well alright see you later <laughs> Gigi, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. 
Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now hear from someone who's actually done it, me. Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information. We set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com. Hey, it's Tom. Since 2009, All Energy Solar has been providing solar energy solutions to customers. With fully licensed electricians and installers, you can be sure that your solar installation will go smoothly. The team at All Energy Solar understands that every customer is unique. They'll take the time to survey and understand your property to find a solar solution that works for you. One of the biggest advantages of going solar is the opportunity to take advantage of the many solar incentives available. But it can often be confusing to know what you're qualified for. All Energy Solar Professionals will help you find out what savings you can apply for and even help with your applications. This is especially important since many rebate programs have limited capacity and are first come first serve. So it's important to have a professional on your side who will make sure you get every eligible rebate. Get a free no obligation assessment from All Energy Solar's commercial solar specialists by calling 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. With a look at your AM950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Clear tonight with a low of 62, sunshine Tuesday with a high of 85, then rain and storms possible Tuesday night with a low of 67. Celebrate the arrival of summer with a great meal at an Eat Local Minnesota restaurant, perfect for any occasion. Check out the list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants at eatlocalminnesota.com. AM 950 KTNF St. Louis Park, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, thanks a lot. They do a great job and uh, we've been supporting Native Ritz Radio for over six years. So we want to give a big uh, hoo peeny gee to that great organization. Hey, we're here with Simone Rendon and Simone... Uh, we got scooped, Haley. Simone was on uh, Channel Four, uh, uh, Channel a uh, Channel WCCO show, and I w- just watched the clip before it came on, and I got I got butt hurt there, Simone. But we're happy to have you on today in second place. Uh, but w- what great work you do, and uh, let's talk about uh, what's happening and and welcome, Simone, owner of Edible Arts Minnesota, and I know you do many other things, and we can talk about that too later in the show, but let's talk about Edible Arts, and I want to welcome you to Native Ritz Radio. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, Edible Arts, I started, um, I think we figured out 10 years ago, Um, and just slowly, little bits by little bits, and in the last three years, it's been pretty much my full-time job. And so I, wherever I can, I go out and I harvest as much as I can. Um, 
respectfully, you know, like I always leave some for the birds and for other people. But like mm-hmm. down here in Hastings where I live, there's lots of the like black cap raspberries that are around um, the river and at different parkways and walkways. And so I go out and I just with my little buckets and I harvest them when they're ready. Um, I also harvest choke cherries every fall when they come ready. Um, a lot. Yeah. I just spend a lot of time if I'm not outside harvesting, whatever I can find. Like right now, the last thing I harvested was um, Saskatoon berries, which are also known as June berries. They're the trees with the red berries that most cities like will plant all over. Cause they're really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. But they taste really good too, made into wow. jellies and jams and syrups. Um, so, so I, 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 I uh, mm-hmm. saw on this on this show that I won't mention that you got started in this by originally you were making cakes. Yes, yes, I was making cakes that were um, shaped like turtles. I made uh, one for my nephew. He wanted one that looked like a baby cow. Uh, (laughs) And it was, I mean, it ended up being a pretty large baby cow for him. (laughs) (laughs) But it looked like a baby cow. And I've done another one that was in the shape of a buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I've done like, and I I think I have those up on the Edible Arts page in the pictures. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll have to Mm -hmm. relook at what photos I have available for people to see if they go to the Edible Arts Facebook. Uh, I know it's not on the Edible Arts Instagram because I'm still just getting familiar enough with Instagram in order to post things on a regular basis there. Yeah. My little learning curve. Well, you, there's a button on there now that you can do both at the same time. And I, I, I do that accidentally all the time where I put something up on Facebook and it goes on Instagram. But, hey, so that this is a business. You sell uh, waffles, maple syrups, uh, pine. I, I saw you had a pine cone that was flavored. Um, how? First of all, before I forget, how can people get a hold of you? I guess you just mentioned Facebook. Is there a website um, to have you come in and table or, or buy your, your delicious jams? Um, how can we get a hold of you? Every Thursday from 11 to 3, I'm at the Four Sisters Farmer's Market, which is located at 1414 East Franklin, and that runs until October 26th. I The only time I do not personally set up is if it is like 100 degrees or higher because my products will melt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't make sense to be out there in the extreme heat. But if it's rainy come in October when it's slightly <laughs> snowing, I will still be set up. I don't mind the cold. I love being in Minnesota in our winters. Uh, so that's one way is to show up on Thursdays there. Or you um, can find me on Facebook at the Edible Arts MN page. My email is edible.arts.rendon at gmail.com. And to email me there to mm-hmm. um, either order, inquire about new products, or if there is... Um, an event coming up that you want me to table at, that's the best place to reach me is email. Well, let's talk a little bit about these uh, recipes and, and how healthy they are, because I did hear, hear you talk about that a little bit. Um, where do you get the recipes? And I know they're gluten-free. They're all these really healthy ways uh, to eat what you, what you manufacture at the Edible Arts. I just like saying that, Edible Arts. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, where did you get these recipes? Are they handed down or? They are made up by me. Um, Trial and error. It took me three years to perfect um, the combination for the gluten-free wild rice, blue corn, waffle mix. Yes. I started by grinding my own wild rice. And that takes a lot of work to grind down the wild rice. And... Then somebody had told me that Red Lake Nation uh, has ground uh, wild rice flour. And so I do purchase from there um, Mm -hmm. because it's, yeah, it's much better. It's a a much finer flour from them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the ratios, like, yeah, it took me me three years to get the ratios right because the 
gluten-free mix really does come out light and fluffy on the inside. And then on the outside, it's really nice and crispy when they're made into waffles. And I don't make the gluten mix anymore because I don't, it doesn't taste as good. Like the, wow. the gluten-free, I have perfected it. So it's really, really good. And I, I love feedback. Mm-hmm. I do tell people that if you buy a product from me and you really don't like it or you think that it could be improved in some way, please tell me because mm-hmm. I don't know what I don't know. Uh, so far, nobody has come back and said that they don't like anything or that I need to improve it in some way. And I do have a lot of repeat customers mm-hmm. um, that come back weekly or bi-weekly to get more waffle mix and jams and jellies. My jams and jellies, I do put sugar in them. Um, so I do hear from people who are diabetic that it's not something that they uh, want a lot of. And I, one of the things that I pride myself on is I don't water my, my foods down. Mm-hmm. So like my choke cherry jelly Ooh. really is juiced choke cherries, sugar, and pectin. So you mm-hmm. should be able to grab a small spoonful, spread it on your toast, on your waffle, on your pancake, on whatever you are eating, and the flavors will be really, really strong. Um, so you don't need you don't need two tablespoons like you would. Yeah, that makes a lot of product. sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Less, and then it's not as is. Powerful for you because uh, it's it's the real thing, and you know, pectum that's medicine. You know, that is medicine all the way. And and uh, I do believe I'm trying to remember. I think you tabled somewhere in St. Paul at an art place for a couple Christmases ago, and I did have the waffle. I think you were making waffles, weren't you? There, does that yes. sound familiar? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, so it is the one place that I have figured out that I get enough space in order to sample out the waffles. And so they're, you know, they're like that yeah. big that you get to try. It is at Heather Friedley Art Studio. And we are right. actually setting up on the 29th of July. So that'll be the next time to come out. And yes, you could sample the waffle batter at that point. Plus you have the maple syrup that you, you sugar bush yourself. Is that is that correct? Yes. Oh. Yep. Every spring we sugar bush ourselves. I don't sell the maple syrup on its own. I add it into my product. So I have the pine cone syrup that has maple syrup in it. Um, I have lavender syrup that I make that's with the maple syrup. Uh, what I do is we, after gathering all the sap, we use reverse osmosis in order to separate pure water from the sap. And I save that pure water. And so if I need water in order to make jelly with any of my products, that is the water I use is from the actual maple trees. I do, I do believe in a zero waste and I don't want that water that we're splitting from the sap to just go down a drain. So I save as much of that as I possibly can in order to use all summer and fall long when I'm making my products. Wow, here with Simone uh, Rendon, and we're talking about edible arts, and uh, it does sound like it's an art, and uh, it's taken a few years for you to perfect quite a few of these these products that you sell. But uh, talk a little bit about uh, the pine cones that you had on the t- television show. That was really interesting. I had no idea you could eat those. Yes, yeah, so pine cones we've been eating for centuries. They're high in vitamin C. One of the things that I love about making the pine cone syrup, uh, after harvesting them, and you want to harvest them when they're small and green, Mm. and put them in water, and I boil them down until they pretty much fall apart, and then I strain off what would be considered pine cone juice, and then I mix it with the sugar and the maple syrup and the honey, and I boil it down to the right temperature to get syrup. It's high in vitamin C. If you, what I really enjoy mixing it with is nettle tea. Nettles are really high in iron. And when you're low in iron, they tell you to take your iron with vitamin C. So if you have strong nettle tea and you're adding a little bit of the pine cone syrup to it, you're getting that iron into your body and it's able to absorb a lot more easily than just by taking the nettle tea. Um, 
Wow, you're you're not you're not just a edible artist. You're a scientist too. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's come back and talk a little bit more, uh, Simone. Can you hang with us for another quick segment? Yes, I can. All right, we're talking edible arts with Simone Rendon and uh, really learning a lot. Haley, uh, you can just jump in if you have a question too. You're listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. When it comes to mental health, making connections with others can be a way forward. How do you reach out when you need someone? What do you do to support those who struggle? Connections can bring comfort, hope, and joy. Find ways that work for yourself and others like sending a text, sharing a moment, offering a hug, seeing an old friend, creating space to listen. Visit cmentalhealth.org. That's cmentalhealth.org. cmentalhealth.org. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? How? Oh, Simone. How? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, we're here with Simone Rendon, and uh, she's a professional. Uh, she's owner of Edible Arts in Minnesota. She's also an indigenous doula and indigenous lactation counselor, which is a, a, an amazing thing, uh, bringing uh, our community closer and closer together. Um, thanks for stopping in and uh, really discussing your edible arts. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. Um one of the things that I want to definitely let people know about being a doula um, is there's there's some myth out there that a doula only wants to support a home birth or as natural birth as possible, which is true for some doulas. And then there are other doulas who are there to back the mom in what ever possible birth that she wants. And so I don't want people to think that, oh, I'm scheduled for a C-section, so I can't get a doula. Yes, you can. Um, if you, any birthing person can get a doula. And our job is to back you to get the birth that you want as the birthing person. Uh, and it's okay to meet with a few different doulas and to figure out which doula works best with you because it's your birthing experience. Um, yeah. Do people, do people get a hold of you or are you with an organization? Um, now we're going to talk a little doula here, but I think it's important that our listening audience that doesn't know what we're talking about, that we can inform them a little bit. Yeah. So I am part of the Nininde doulas through the division of Indian work in Minneapolis. Um, and so you could contact 
the Division of Indian Work, or you could contact me directly. Um, and yes, yeah, so I get my own clients. I also get clients referred to me through um, Division of Indian Work. And I think right now there are 17 different doulas wow. that are within the Ninde program, and they're all native doulas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to be native to get a doula. Um, there are certain things that we can offer for free for our indigenous moms. Um, but it is also like, yeah, there is a slight charge if you are not native that, so that way I get paid for my time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a great, great resource to have for a pregnant person to be able to have the resources of a doula who can help navigate the birthing process, the hospital process, um, all of those things, questions that might arise, like we are there to fully back that pregnant person to have the best delivery that they can have. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What uh, does a doula do? So it's from beginning uh, process, uh, teaching the, the client or the birth mother and the, and the father uh, what's coming ahead. And then you said some scheduling too that you help with? We could. Each, each doula is a little bit different on what, and it all depends on when the parent um, request a doula. So most places right now are people like request a doula towards the end of the pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, like 30 weeks and beyond. But if you find out that you're pregnant, it's never too early to get a doula because mm-hmm. you want that relationship with your doula to actually have a, a trust between the two of you, which means there's a lot of talking and support that happens even in those early months and weeks. Um, But there are some people who are 41 weeks and getting ready to go into the hospital next week who are finally like, I needed a doula. Um, And we're there to help those parents too. Wow. I I have a question. Go ahead, Haley. Uh, How does, how is indigenous uh, doula work differ from maybe non-indigenous doula work? Is there anything that you change up or is requested yes they're requested is like being able to smudge um we are allowed to bring um some of our medicines into the hospital rooms in order to um smudge the mom the baby um different teas that we bring different um traditional ceremony stuff depending on what the mom is um we try and connect her with a doula that can actually assist her in her ways like i'm ojibwe in lakota and so a ho-chunk ceremony pregnancy might be different and we would definitely want to make sure that we get somebody who matches the best or who can follow that mom and say okay so tell me what to do so that way i can be respectful of what it is that you need during this birthing process Sure, I love that. Wow, it's like a partnership, and you're you're guiding uh, uh, this this woman that's pregnant through the whole process, and also in a good way, uh, offering medicines and maybe some jam on the side too. Oh, wow. yes, <laughs> <laughs> good one. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, Simone. Uh, Give us your uh, Facebook uh, address again so people can reach out because, believe you me, this is like just not some thrown-together uh, product. This is a professionally, beautifully done edible arts, and it really is an art. And um, you have, I see you because I go Thursdays too, and so does Haley, and we see you there every week. And uh, I'm so glad we're able to uh, get you on. Yes, so Facebook is Edible Arts MN. Um, and that is also the Instagram handle is Edible Arts MN. So either one will get you to um, my page. And I do my best to post like where I'll pop up next because um, I do a lot of pop-up markets around the Twin Cities as much as mm-hmm. I can. But I am always as much as possible as long as, like I said, as long as it's not 100 degrees or higher, I'm at the farmer's market <laughs> for Sisters Farmer's Market every Thursday. 
Well, I think everyone should get to that uh, St. Paul, uh, the that artist on uh, what is it, Ford Ford Parkway? Uh, no, not Ford Park or Seventh Street. Yep, West Seventh Street, right across from the Schmidt Brewery Building, artists. So it's a small gallery. It's called Friedley Art Studio. And if I had the address, I would tell you what it is. But I know it's Kitty Corner from Case and Keg. If you look that up, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it'll be on the 29th from. 12 to 5 and there'll be a couple other indigenous artists there um we got somebody to come in and do face painting and she does like floral ojibwe face painting wow gorgeous work we have another person who's coming with um beaded earrings and well definitely bring the kids Definitely yes. bring the kids, and then also I I liked bringing it up too because I know you were giving out free samples of the waffles, so I'm going to go there hungry, and have yes. some uh, some waffles. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Haley, before we let uh, Simone go, do you have any uh, any other questions? Uh, no, I just maybe are you going to have more pine pine cone cookies at the farmers market next week? I do plan to make a set on Wednesday, so I awesome. will have. Yeah, Perfect. I'm hoping to bring two dozen. So, yeah, and they're pine cone cookies, and they're about this big, um, and they're they're really filling. And I put pine cone in the cookie batter, but I also oh. put pine cones on the top, and the pine cones on the top are really chewy, like a date. They're really good. Wow. Hey, thanks for stopping in. We got to do this again real soon. Um, a lot of information, and plus talking about doulas a little bit, too. That was really interesting. Simone, thank you so much for stopping in. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Haley. Yeah, good to see you. Right on. Hey, that was Simone uh, Rendon, and wow, that was uh, awesome, Haley. A good guest and uh, a lot of information and um, nothing like eating healthy food. And I really like that uh, talk about uh, using less jam so there's less sugar, even though there's sugar in the jam. Because it's it's so uh, I want to say powerful, but it's a powerful taste, so you don't have to use as much. So, wow, that makes so much sense. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, rounded up here. We'll get ready for tomorrow's show. You've been listening to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and I want to thank Dr. Stately and Simone Rendon. Uh, what a great show! And if you're listening to the show, you are part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Now.